You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by 818 Tequila. Handcrafted, expert approved, with over 20 international blind tasting awards. 818 Tequila, imported by 818 Spirits, Manhasset, New York, 40% alcohol by volume. Drink responsibly. Welcome to Life is a Banquet, a show about all things edible, spreadable, and horrible. With your hosts, me, famous Italian Joe Pesci, and me, Kevin from Home Alone. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Poor Kevin. I still will never get over what delinquent parents could leave their child at home alone, not once, but I guess seven times? Isn't there like seven sequels to Home Alone? No, but the second one is like Home Alone 2 Escape from New York. So he's in New York somehow. I don't remember how he gets there, though. He gets lost in New York. He gets uh, torn away from his parents. I think he, that's more like he decides to stay yeah. in New York alone. He's like, I don't want to fucking be with these people. They hate me. Remember when they left me home alone? Yeah, <laughs> and also there's an interview with uh, the Who's Place His Mom. Um, oh, Catherine. Oh, God, Catherine Heigl. <laughs> Yes, it's Cat America's sweetheart, Catherine Michael. <laughs> well, she's being interviewed on um like a talk show. I can't remember who's interviewing her. And she's like, Well, she was like, Yes, hopefully we'll make more of these. She's like, But how many times can these parents do this without getting taken to prison? <laughs> um and I was like, That's a good point. Really, they should have gone to jail the first time. Absolutely. It's, it's neglect. Catherine O'Hara. O'Hara, that's right. What a wonderful, truly America's sweetheart. Canada's sweetheart. O'Hara, I hardly know her. She's from Canada? Yeah, she was in like the CCTV? CCTV? That's the thing that captures everyone. What's the Canadian <laughs> thing that captures everyone? That was like the... Uh, <laughs> That was like the version of Saturday Night Live. Closed circuit television. <laughs> She's on CCTV. Anytime that closed circuit television captures anyone doing anything, Catherine O'Hara is there. Little known fact, folks, are here to hear first. I think that we've actually made this mistake before. Fans, go back and listen to every episode. I'm pretty sure that we mistakenly thought of this Canadian show as CCTV before. I don't want to remember the correct thing because it's too funny. And who else was on there? Martin Short. John and Candy. John can't oh John Candy reminds me of my dad. And also like um Rick Moranis? Mm, yes. Oh poor Rick Moranis. He's alive. He's alive, but his wife uh passed away and then he quit acting to take care of his kids, which is very sweet. But I did love Rick Moranis. And honey, I shrunk the kids. Another evil, rude thing to do to your kids, shrink them. <laughs> well, I mean, what was with the nineties? We're like, we'll shrink them, we'll leave them home alone. Well, we'll leave them with a babysitter that dies. It was different times, you know. Now the helicopter parenting is a big issue. But um, there's also <laughs> the, the sequel, which like, Honey, I Blew Up the Baby. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> just like a fucking gigantic baby. <laughs> and then <laughs> Universal Studios is like, yes, we greenlit this. Everyone get back in there and make a movie. <laughs> we got Rick Moranis. We got a very big baby. But for and me, Bonnie Hunt? Rick Moran? No, it's not Bonnie Hunt, is it? Oh, okay. I don't know anything. She's in Jumanji. <laughs> She's in Jumanji, okay? Right. Another amazing film about 
neglectful parents bringing their children into a very dangerous game. Mm-hmm. And there's also a movie called A Very Dangerous Game. But I don't, the Most Dangerous Game I with Michael Douglas. I don't know what it's about. It's no. about like, well, the most dangerous game is that short story where somebody, a man hunts for people. Is that the movie? I don't think that's what the movie's about, though. <laughs> the game is, the one with Michael Douglas is called Just Simply The Game. The Game. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and welcome to our oh movie God. podcast. <laughs> our poor listener. Sorry, Mike Sala. Yeah. <laughs> this is I mean, he's, so boring. He comes for this part. He likes it. Yeah, that's true. Come for okay, the so it's, it's Honey, I Blew Up the Kid. Not Honey, I Blew Up the Baby, which I think is a better name. <laughs> I think so, too. Yeah. So I love it. Bonnie Hunt so was Nicole. not in that. So just America's Sweetheart Bonnie Hunt, who's probably also from Canada. <laughs> oh, I lo- yeah. She's definitely Canadian. Um, so I've returned from Italy. Thank you for welcoming me back with such open, open arms. Welcome back Buongiorno. from Italy. Um, I went to Italy for six weeks. <laughs> I love it there. I couldn't get over it. I was, I was just stuck and looking at every little dried pasta shape. Did and you? And then I hid there. Did you? Overnight, you, like every night for six weeks. And the store closed. <laughs> I hid. I hid in the. in the the pasta sauce jar aisle and I pretended I was a pasta sauce every night for six weeks and folks may I just tell you I had the time of my life what what can you tell us some behind the scenes things that go on in Italy that you would never have known if you weren't sleeping there for six weeks just a short train ride from your own home Mario Batali also sleeps there at night. I knew it. He hides in the sausage counter (laughs) he blends in very well um well, you know what, folks? Uh, I have been to Italy once. And? I didn't really enjoy myself, although it was fun to drink different kinds of Amaro spritzes oh, in, yeah. well, you, while standing inside of basically a grocery store. I, and Italy is fine. It's very expensive. And like one thing I don't really like about it is that when you are in actual Italy and you're at the grocery <laughs> store, the way you have to buy your vegetables is that you weigh them yourself and look up the skew and put a sticker on it, right? Uh-huh. And it's an embarrassing mistake to make maybe the first time you're in Italy if you go to the re- register without doing that because they will yell at you and send you back. You know, they, they will shame you. You have to wear a scarlet vegetable, <laughs> a big red pepper around your neck. Um, but they make you do that at Italy too. And it's just like one of those dumb things. Like we don't do that in America. Like it's just like an annoying nuisance. Like just why do you need to make it like so authentic? Just let people do things the way they naturally do them here. You're just jamming. So there's always a long line because people are always like not remembering to do that. So that's my big problem with Italy aside from a uh, notorious rapist, um, alleged rapist, Mario Batali. So why don't they just have a sign that says, Yo, I'm walking here. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Why didn't they just I don't put know. up a sign that's like, hey, fucking tourist moron, weigh your stupid vegetables and put a sticker on it? Well, hopefully they do have that. That's a spicy oh, meatball. Fine. That's a spicy meatball. That's what they say <laughs> in Italy. They do. Everyone in, in Italy and Italy says, that's a spicy meatball. And they're like, and I say, when the moon hits your eye, that's amore. <laughs> that song's the only song they play in Italy and Italy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had two really funny things happen to me this week. One of them I already told you, which is that when I was cooking for the pop-up at my house, I was really tired and I put like two pans of tomato confit in my oven and I filled them like way too high full of 
tomatoes, oil right to the brim. And as I was doing, no pan underneath. And as I was doing it, I was like, this is a terrible idea. You know, this is going to backfire on you literally. And halfway through the cooking process, um, a giant fire started in my oven. (laughs) A grease fire. A grease fire. So I had to take out the tomatoes while the oven was on fire. And then I grabbed some baking soda and put it out and then had to dismantle my entire burning hot oven, which each part of it was still blazing hot (laughs) with a screwdriver so I could clean it up and then finish cooking into the wee hours of the night. And when I was going to put away my toolbox, which is like in an overhead storage thing in my apartment, I bonked my head. The fan chopped me in the head, (laughs) the ceiling fan. (laughs) And I almost (laughs) fell off the ladder and died. So... Uh, folks that's a let that be a warning to everyone who's planning on cooking tomato confit at midnight and second thing i didn't tell you which is going to make you lol all over your floor um so i went home this weekend and i was chatting with my mom and i was like telling her i'm practicing a new song like i try to teach myself a new song every week and she's like well zara you do have a very beautiful voice remember that mother's day video when you sang that song to me So what she's referencing, Nicole and listener, is a Mother's Day when I lip synced myself singing Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. (laughs) So my mom has thought for four years that I have the voice of Whitney Houston. And all she said about it was, oh, my gosh, that's so good. (laughs) Oh, you could hear think that I had Whitney Houston's voice <laughs> singing I will always love you the best use of a voice in human history and not be like Zara you really should like pursue this you are very talented it's <laughs> <laughs> just a testament to how my mom does not pay attention to me really at all did you correct her or do you let her go on believing that you sing like Whitney Houston no 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 I corrected her like a hundred times and she's like you just like to make fun of me you think this is so funny I was like it's, it's just so strange very funny though <laughs> it's just so strange we don't have to worry about her listening to this podcast though because she doesn't love you that's true she doesn't love me she doesn't listen to the podcast and she doesn't really probably listen to anything because if she had really been listening to my video that I sent her she would have been probably struck by the voice of an angel. <laughs> she also would have maybe even struck by like the musical arrangement equality. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have to note here that my mom had has never heard the song I Will Always Love Right, you. she's like, man, it sounds just like every time it's on the radio 10,000 times a day. <laughs> oh my God, she thought I had the voice of Whitney Houston. The greatest voice ever recorded. I know. Oh, wow. I know. That is... anyway. Good time. Well, we have a very interesting topic. To, oh, wait. Wait a minute. What? It's been a minute, but do we have any BJ news? Oh, yeah. Well, let's not move forward until we hear the latest and greatest from these two motherfuckers. Well, now that they're happily in love, it's a real snooze fest after there. Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> Jennifer Lopez did a tribute video to Ben Affleck about. What did he die? No, he's like a, you know, a father figure. So she made a video Uh, about him on Father's Day mm. about him and her daughter or one of her children has gender neutral pronouns now. Him and one of her children asking her, trying to convince her to get a cat. And I was like, yeah. So did it work? Did they get the cat? No. Also, I'm just like, man, if you're like really, 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 really rich. 
Don't you just like have a bunch of animals all over the house? Right. Shouldn't there be like a cat store like at some part of your yeah. estate? Like how um, Barbara Streisand has a literal mall in her basement so she can go shopping for her own clothes that she already owns. She does? Oh, yeah. That is outrageous. Get out of here. It's true. A mall so she can shop for her own clothes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, can anyone know. else go there? I'd like. I'd love to go there. Can you imagine going to Barbara Streisand's mall closet? I would love to go there, but it's you know it's back when malls had their real heyday. And apparently, he, she also probably literally can't go to a mall, you know, because she's too famous. So she's like, I, I want. There's probably like an Auntie Annie's pretzel down there, and I was gonna say, is there a Cinnabon? If there is, I'm there, baby. I love the center. Of that Cinnabon. Yeah, I just she <laughs> probably is like. Man, I love because the mall. There was a time when everyone loved the mall. I fucking loved the mall, and I used to go to the mall as I mentioned. Loved Spencer gifts, mm-hmm. getting a tongue-in-cheek pin or mug, or definitely a troll doll every week. Um, <laughs> a gigantic cinnamon bun that was like literally eight thousand calories as like, a twelve-year-old. Yeah, uh, I used to get Fridays. I used to get. A pizza from Sbarro, or a slice of pizza, and then french fries from McDonald's. I thought I was, like, hacking the system. Yeah, you were gleaming the cube. And then, like, <laughs> there was, <laughs> there was, um, what am I trying to think of? Oh, Dippin' Dots at the mall. Oh, Remember those yeah. dots of ice cream? Those are stupid, though. Of course they're stupid. It defeats the whole point of ice cream, which is being luscious and creamy, and then all of a sudden you have a bunch of frozen little balls stuck to your tongue. I know. and like, It's awful. Not Yeah, I think that was a no. That was a miss, but somehow it became wildly popular. Yeah, very, very popular. Um, well, well, I have on one more thing to tell you about Ben oh, Affleck go ahead. and Jennifer Lopez. They spent Father's Day with Ben, Matt Damon. They did not cancel him, so he's probably slinging the F word around the entire day. <laughs> Just calling every person he sees the F word. Yeah. So Cool. Cool guy. Sounds like a fun day. You guys didn't buy a cat and you hung out with Matt Damon. America's favorite non-canceled white guy (laughs) (laughs) how did he like get a pass on that on using the f word and he was like not even sorry it came out that he stopped doing it right because his kid told him not to he stopped doing it in like 2022 like this year this year right (laughs) post covid well covid's not happening but you know we're all just pretending it's not there anymore ridiculous um well nicole listener Everybody, we have chosen a topic today that is so exciting, so thrilling, but not necessarily very filling. Am I right? Am I right, Nicole? Wow. That's right. It's everybody's favorite crunchy bowl of cold stuff lathered in lathered cream cheese dressing. (laughs) It's salad, baby. You You just described like a dessert pizza. I know. Nobody puts cream cheese dressing on anything. Look, I haven't been in America in a while. As I noted, I've been in Italy and we don't we don't use salad dressing there. Just a little balsamic vinegar and olive oil. Yeah. We decided to do salad because we're lazy and we need a broad topic, okay? So shut up. Um, I decided to do I'm you guys have been begging us to do this for years. Um, I tried to do the history of the salad spinner, which is actually more interesting than you might believe. Oh my God, it is really interesting. And I want to just quickly say, as someone who never was interested in a salad spinner and always thought it was like too annoying and like, I don't know, like I just, we didn't grow up with one in my house. I didn't really get it. 
it is an amazing innovation. Mm -hmm. And like, because you really don't want wet salad. No, and you don't want E. coli. That's true. E. coli, also bad. Okay, let's hear it. Um, Well, I first of all wanted to do my story on the salad shooter, but there is no, it's from the 90s. It's basically an electric spiralizer, but also shredder. Oh, got it. I thought it was like a t-shirt cannon, but with lettuce. (laughs) No, and it's also, they had funny like little videos and they're like salad shooter. I can't believe you don't know about this actually. Um, I know. I can't believe it either. And their, their tagline was point and shoot. They thought that was so clever. Um, Very funny. But, so I found this article that was like, actually, the salad shooter is way better than a zoodler or whatever, because it can also shred. So it's basically like, it will spiralize or like evenly cut all of your vegetables. You basically just stick them in the bottom and then it like shoots them out the front. Um, and then, but it also can like crush graham crackers or cookies and shred a whole block of cheese in seconds. Really? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that sounds like an amazing kitchen tool because grating cheese is like one of my least favorite things. And I hate having to get out the food processor and put it all together to grate the cheese. I hate grating cheese on the cheese grater because my knuckles are always you like get into it and then get like, you know, grated yes. up and bloody. There's blood in the cheese and I have to, you know, pick the bloody parts out yeah. <clears throat> before I serve it to my customers. Just no. kidding, folks. You should probably get a salad shooter, man. They're still around. Um, okay, great. I will. Done. Um, but in the midst of my research, I found an article that was called The Case of the Salad Shooters, in which these people intravenously shot wild lettuces into their veins because of their alleged opiate qualities, which is not true. Um, what? Yeah. So they shot like wild lettuce juice into their veins. Um, Are you kidding me? Did and they then live? They lived, but like uh, they had to go to the hospital for three days. Oh my God. Imagine the, the depravity in that. Imagine just like the moment when you realize you don't feel well. And then you're like, I got to go to the hospital. Mm -hmm. And then you go and they're like, what did you do? And they're like, I shot up lettuce. Yeah. But I feel like the name of the article, the case of the salad shooters is very clever. And since they did not die, I think it's fine. (laughs) That's hilarious. Like when was this? Um, I don't know. Hold on. I have to look it up sounds like a it's weird too because thing. it was actually like a scientific article and they had that um weird title i'll tell you what i'd shoot up ranch dressing before i'd shoot up wild lettuces intravenous injection happens. of wild lettuce extract 1998 well well i wasn't far off <laughs> it's when salad was really having its heyday we love this stuff so much, we're going to shoot it in between our toes. Um, okay, but the salad spinner, which, in case you don't know what we're talking about, is a plastic device that uses centrifugal force to separate water from lettuce leaves after you wash your lettuces, which you should be washing them because you can get listeria. Um, um, even though the salad spinner is considered modern, similar devices have been around since the 1800s, which who even knew that they made and ate salad in the 1800s because every movie that I've ever seen in the 1800s no one's eating salad at all ever. no that's so interesting yeah so they don't you know, they don't want you to know about this if they're trying to hide it it's propaganda but people were eating salad in the 1800s okay <laughs> uh, um so 
you know, as the years moved on, different kinds of salad dryers came into existence. There was one that was like a wire basket, basically like a collapsible colander. Um, but the way that it's, you you have to basically physically shake it to get the water out because it's like a colander. Mm-hmm. And then in the process, you're going to get completely wet. So there's an, <laughs> another one that like suction to the bottom of your sink is sort of the same thing. And then one reviewer was like, it's similar to standing near a dog shaking himself dry. <laughs> so you're getting soaking wet while you're drying your lettuces which i think is really funny to imagine um so in 1971 a french dude named jean mantel question mark mantelay i'm bad at french names i'm sorry way stupid american um he filed a patent for a household drying machine that could also be used for salads which to me i'm like this is hilarious because it sounds like you're drying your entire house. <laughs> like your house got wet and you have to dry your whole household off. That's you amazing. can also use it for lettuce, though. It's convenient. Well, the lettuce is in the house. Um, and he, worked, he was a prominent designer of domestic appliances. Um, he worked for a company called Moulinet. Moulinex? I don't know, man. Um, and he was particularly proud of his household drying machine, according to Wikipedia. I didn't cross-reference this. Um, one person said, thank you for inventing this. It saves me from shaking my salad basket out the window, which is how you avoid getting wet from doing that. That makes sense, though. Yeah. Um, so actually, for whatever reason, even though he's the first person to file a patent for it, he's not really, like, considered the guy who invented it, um another French guy is. I don't really know. The French were just eating tons of salads. They're like, we have to dry our lettuces. Um, <laughs> the lettuce is too wet. But um, Somebody dry this lettuce. Yes. That's, that's Arnold. Yeah, that was Arnold's voice. <laughs> Somebody dry this lettuce. I'm in French. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> well, I just watched Kindergarten Cop the other day. Excellent film. So hold up. <clears throat> oh, stop eating everybody's salads. It's not a Duma. Okay. Um, so... So, yeah, so for whatever reason, he didn't actually get the credit for inventing this, although he is mentioned in the Wikipedia article. And then he he went on to be one of the richest French guys in France. So I think we don't have to feel that sorry for him, I guess, um, even though he was particularly proud of his household drying machine. Um, the guy who actually gets credit for it is named Gilbert. I also Godfried. Can't... Yeah, Gilberte Godfried. Um, <clears throat> he gets credit. He filed a patent for almost the same exact device. I don't really know what happened there. I couldn't find anything about it and we'll never know. Wow. In 1974, the Moling, Moly Manufacturing Company, a kitchen supply brand, introduced the spinner to the American people. <clears throat> um, and it was immediately a success, but there were detractors. So people said such horrible things like this is just another gourmet gadget this is kitchen (laughs) junk um rude but this is also a time when new appliances were coming out like you know a lot so hot dog cookers that you only cook hot dogs on had just come out right and the electric Deion sanders do that maybe did we do an episode about that yeah i think Deion sanders has a hot dog roller Um, i'm sorry the electric way the Nope. The electric potato peeler, which is a psychotic device where you have to jam a potato onto like a rod and then it peels the potato for you like a spiral. Whoa. But like, I mean, they have, it's huge. It takes up counter space. It doesn't even make sense. It only has one use. 
Right. It's just like completely ridiculous. But they have like I look, those that, you know. I looked them up and they only cost $30. So if you guys want, you have tons of counter spaces. Most New Yorkers do. Go ahead and get yourself one. And then they, they said something called the cookie shooter was invented. But I looked that up. It, it's literally just a cookie press, which is a normal thing that people use for those types of cookies. You know? Yeah. Uh, like, it's something that makes every cookie. I just don't understand all those. Are you sick and tired mm-hmm. of digging your stupid fingers into wet, sticky cookie dough just yeah. to roll an uneven cookie? <laughs> so the cookie shooters are, like, a cookie press is a real thing. Like, that's how you get those yeah. decorated like shortbread cookies. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, well that's a different story. Those are beautiful. Everybody knows that. Yeah. So anyway, um, some people were suspicious, and they quoted this woman, Judy. I also cannot pronounce her last name, but she was a food writer for the Chicago Tribune. Um, <clears throat> in 1979, she wrote, "Salad spinner, salad dryers, lettuce spinners, whatever they're calling them, our group of paper towel diehards approached those plastic tubs with hesitancy." Even downright hostility. And I was like, I simply must read the rest of this article. So I tried to find it, oh but God. I can't find it anywhere. Um, so if anyone out there finds the rest of this article, I must read it because it sounds great. And also, why don't people write like this anymore? Judy, love you. <laughs> um, so yeah, 1979, she was suspicious. I, be- I suspect now that she does have a salad spinner in her home. Um, it makes so much sense. You know who doesn't have a salad spinner is this guy. I don't have a salad spinner either. But I it's don't really like, eat salad very much. You don't? I eat a lot of salad, but it's just like takes up like too much space. Like I just don't have room for all these different appliances everywhere. Yeah, and also they are difficult to store famously, according to this Wikipedia article. Um, <clears throat> but despite their misgivings, eventually America completely succumbed and it became, it quadrupled sales in five years in 1978, 500,000 salad spinners were sold. <clears throat> That's a lot. Yeah, where are they now? Um, <laughs> and then also there's an electric version, but they're usually used in like commercial kitchens where they have to dry off like a lot of lettuces. So, right. but you could get one if you wanted. They're like several hundred dollars, but I think it'll be fun if Whoa. someone has a massive like industrial salad spinner in their house. Totally. Although that's like one of like the beginnings. Remember that show Six Feet Under? How someone would always die in like a weird way. Mm-hmm. Like that would be a surefire way to like end up as one of those Six Feet Under beginnings, just like accidentally falling in the salad spinner. Oh my no god! Good. I mean, that's bigger than I was imagining. If you had one that big, you would need a household drying machine because your whole house would be wet. <laughs> they go hand in hand. Are you sick and tired of your whole house becoming soaking wet from your giant salad spinner? That's why you're going to need the household drying machine. <clears throat> no, it's not a clothes dryer. That's something else. <laughs> um, that's all I have, people. Okay. Get well, that is very interesting. <laughs> that's very interesting. And I had been dying to know about the salad spinner. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I'm going to invest in a salad spinner because I am sick and tired of having, like, for myself, like, I will always have, like, dirt, like dirty lettuce or mm-hmm. wet lettuce. You know, if I'm doing something for work, I will hand dry each like lettuce leaf. That's um, crazy. I know it is crazy. You it's should mental. get one. I should, and then but sometimes you have like lettuces that are really tightly wound up together, like yeah. little gems, and like you know, I get almost everything I use for work from like you know the farmers market or whatever, and so I'm not like worried about like pesticides or anything like that, but. 
it's still good to wash. But so if you have something that's like tightly bound up, like nothing's ever reached those inner layers anyway. Right. Except for like a little creature, maybe. One time somebody got a bug in their salad at Brucey. And, you know, we obviously always use like really great ingredients there. So I was like, oh, well, this bug is because it's like organic lettuce or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so being the 26 year old asshole me, instead of being like, oh, my God, I am so sorry. Your meal is on us. I was like, well, you know that it's like organic now for real. (laughs) And the woman was like, go fuck yourself. Yeah. And I was like, right away. I just have to spill the spaghetti on someone and I'll. Go right ahead Straight away. That. Yeah. There's also like a caterpillar in the lettuces at one of my jobs too, which is like a little bit scarier because she was like, I almost ate it. And I'm like, that would have been unpleasant to bite that been a terrible. caterpillar in half. A lot of times there's but birds like do it every frogs. day. That's true. Birds do it. Bees do it. Even sometimes we do it. There's um, frogs in the lettuces? Sometimes there's frogs in those bagged lettuces. That's why I would never buy a bagged lettuce as long as I live. Oh, I Can love. you imagine, even if you're not afraid of frogs, a dead frog in your fucking salad? Ugh. Oh, they're not alive. Ugh. I'm like, if it's alive, it'll be so cute. I love a tiny no, frog. No, evil. All right, let's take a break quickly. This episode is brought to you by 818 Tequila. 818 creates their tequila using traditional methods at a family-owned and operated distillery in Jalisco, Mexico. 818 is created from fully matured blue agave from the Los Altos and Valles regions of tequila. It is then slow-cooked for over 30 hours, extracted using traditional Tejona wheels, distilled twice in copper pot stills, and aged in American and French oak barrels. This process creates the best-tasting, highest-quality tequila possible. Their tequilas have received over 20 blind tasting awards. They strive for excellence in every sip. 818's Blanco is sweet and smooth, with undertones of tropical and citrus fruits. Their Reposado is soft and balanced with notes of caramel and vanilla. Their Añejo is elegant and velvety, with crisp herbal notes and a warm vanilla finish. Visit drink818.com to learn more about their tequila and find it near you. 818 Tequila, imported by 818 Spirits, Manhasset, New York, 40% alcohol by volume. Drink responsibly. And we're back. And just when you thought that salad couldn't get any more interesting, here we are, and I'm going to take you down another fascinating lane uh, in the salad story. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Nicole? My favorite thing about salads, well, yes, the salad spinner is great. (laughs) Who doesn't love a rich, creamy dressing? But to me, salad really means one thing and one thing only. And that one thing is sadly completely extinct. And that is the salad bar. Oh, yeah. I love a salad bar. I used to work at Pizza Hut and they had a great salad bar. With Notoriously great salad bar and a great like pizza bar. And like sometimes there was pasta there, too. Totally. That was great. I used to always go to Pizza Hut with my dad back in the day when it was like really like a restaurant. And yeah. Like I mean, it was a chain, but there it was like really a restaurant. There. Yeah. Yeah. There were waitresses and like um, they had those cool or old servers, um, like Tiffany lamps and stuff. Yeah, definitely. That's the one I, I used to be a host at the Pizza Hut. I was a host. Uh, that's awesome. Did you get a free salad bar? Yeah, I did. I ate a lot of salad with peas. I was so excited that there were peas that everyone, if salad bars ever come back, make sure you got some peas on there. And they had a great ranch dressing too. French or ranch? Ranch. Ranch dressing is 
also incredibly delicious. Um, I'm going to tell you all about my salad bar go-to combinations, obviously, uh, as we get into this. But okay, so I got my information from um, the most famous website on the internet, Mm foodservicenews.net. That is very famous. From an article written by Julie Brown Miko called Culinary Curiosities, How the Salad Bar Allegedly Got Its Start. Allegedly. Downtown Judy Brown wrote this article? Yes, downtown Judy Brown uh, before, you know, she did like celebrity gossip. Um, And then a 1994 article from none other than the notorious FLOFAB for the New York Times. Um, So according to Wikipedia, this is like what you do in someone's like wedding toast. According to Wikipedia, love is defined. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, A salad bar is a buffet style table or counter at a restaurant or food market in which salad components are provided for customers to assemble on their own salad plates. Folks, this is the core tenant of the salad bar. You do it yourself. You don't do it yourself. It's not a salad bar. Can we agree on that? Yeah. I also think another core tenant is a sneeze guard. Definitely a sneeze guard. And also bacon, bacon bits. Some crunchy bacon piece. Mm hmm. Okay. Most salad bars provide lettuce, chopped tomatoes, assorted raw sliced vegetables, such as cucumbers, Mm -hmm. carrots, celery, olives, and green or red bell pepper slices, dried bread croutons, bacon bits, shredded cheese, and various types of salad dressing. Some salad bars. Now for me, the above aforementioned items is all we need in the salad bar. Some salad bars also have additional food items such as cooked now, cooked cold meats, oh, such as turkey, chicken, ham, or tuna, cooked beans like chickpeas, uh, kidney beans, boiled eggs, cottage cheese, cold pasta salads, tortilla chips, bread rolls, soup. Okay. <laughs> soup. soup. Wikipedia. <clears throat> if there's soup, it's not a salad bar. You've you left put the soup. salad bar. You've left the salad bar if you're in the soup area. <laughs> then you're at the soup bar. Okay. There's no soup in the salad bar. If you can't put it on a salad, it's not a salad bar. Yeah. But there was cottage cheese at my Pizza Hut um, salad bar, which I enjoyed. Just, I bet you did. And also peas, which were not mentioned. Yeah. Wikipedia is a little bit confused about what makes up a motherfucking salad bar. And let me tell you right now, it's not soup. <laughs> the soup's not part of it. Um, but it is nice to have those cold cuts there because then you can make yourself a little chef salad. That's what chefs That's eat. true. Chefs that is that. good. And since there's like allegedly bread rolls, you could essentially just make a sandwich at that point. <laughs> it's a sandwich bar. That is true. Just take those tiny sliced meats and throw them on a bread roll, dip it in some soup, and you got yourself a salad. <laughs> yeah, this is the key to making a perfect salad. Start with soup and a bread roll. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Everybody man. knows the best dressing is soup. Yeah. Um, <laughs> America's favorite dressings French, ranch, creamy Italian, blue cheese soup, chicken noodle soup, the unsung <laughs> French hero onion soup, of salad, <laughs> clam chowder. Yes. Mm. And nothing goes better with clam chowder than iceberg lettuce and ranch dressing, peace, <laughs> and a little bit of turkey. Oh my god! One time we were at the at the uh, oyster bar in Grand Central, and Breton. We were all sitting around the table, and we had gotten like maybe fried clams or something, and some New England clam chowder. And Breton started like scooping the leftover tartar sauce onto a spoon, and then mixing it with clam chowder. What? It was criminal. That's I couldn't insane. believe my ojos. What did you say to him in that moment? We shamed him. We all shamed him, but what he didn't did- care. He was drunk. 
Yeah, I don't understand. That's I don't want that to happen ever again. <laughs> and that's why he no longer co-hosts this podcast. He was he, fired immediately following he, this incident. Yeah, he died too after that. Yeah, he died of a heart attack. Um, okay, so many restaurants have claimed to uh, have started the salad bar. So at the 1939 World's Fair, there was a Swedish smorgasbord. <laughs> and the smorgasbord, some may say, is almost like a salad bar because it is a smorgasbord. Because it has meats and cheeses and bread. And like soup. A, like a salad. <laughs> soup, salad, and breadsticks. <laughs> soup. Wikipedia. I don't trust Wikipedia anymore. They say the soup goes on a salad bar. It's crazy. Um, okay, so then in 1951, a guy named Russell Swanson, owner of Swanson's Equipment in Stevens Point, Wisconsin, builds a unique bar for chilled salad fixins in the nearby Sky Supper Club. Now, I love this because I love a supper club. Have you ever been to one? Yes. So fun. Amazing. And makes perfect sense. So the whole thing actually about a supper club modern day, like, right, you sit down at this, you like order before you go, you sit down, your salad is there and there's a relish tray there. Kind of is like what the whole salad bar concept is like kind of meant to do anyway, right? You like yeah. make your own salad while your food's being prepared and that way you never really get like too hungry sitting there and waiting. And also... When I was, maybe you're going to get to this, I'm sure you will. But um, when I was a kid, we used to go to like those steak places that also had a salad bar and we would just eat the salad bar, like the oh, huge awesome. salad bar. 100%. That's also one of my greatest memories of being soup. a kid. Yeah. They had soup in there too? I also had soft serve ice cream. I don't know if that even <laughs> is a salad bar anymore. I don't know what it is. It's a buffet, I guess. There's baked Alaskas? Yeah. No, that's true. That's a buffet. That's, yeah. that's a buffet. When you when there's soup and ice cream, it's a buffet, which is also great. I love a buffet. My dad and I used to go to this Chinese buffet in the mm. mall, actually. Yeah. And they had fucking motherfucking everything. They had the sickest buffet, and then they also had, like, chefs making, like, stuff at a hot station. You can get your own stir-fry made. Whoa. It's really one of my greatest food memories of life. I wish that place was still open. Me, too. It was, like, the most fun. We loved it so much. Oh, I miss my dad. Okay. But, uh, anyway, this guy, uh, this other restaurateur, Angelo Andy G- uh, Ganagi. What? Ganagi. <laughs> Gangi, sorry. Andy Gangi? <laughs> Andy Gangi, uh, Earth's worst name. <laughs> and Russell Swanson. Yeah, Russell Swanson. Anyway, Andy Gangi, uh, your best friend, claimed that he got the idea for the salad bar at his South Florida diner in 1964 after he had observed the officers' club at the Air Force Base um, oh. that had like a similar food service. And then Norman Brinker... Um, and the guy who invented like chilies and Bennigan's mm-hmm. in the late sixties had a place called steak and ale. It was like a chain of restaurants, steak and ale restaurants. And they featured a serve yourself salad bar to keep customers happy and busy while waiting for their entrees. So you never really know exactly who it was. Right. Okay. I want to go to steak and ale. Dude, me too. It sounds <clears throat> so fun. Uh, and then this other dude in the seventies, RJ grunts. Wow. I mean, uh, he owned a famous Chicago restaurant. Um, anyway, uh, they featured a huge salad bar with like more than 40 ingredients. So they kind of said like, well, they were like some of the biggest people to not invent it, but to like spread the gospel of salad bar. And then he went on to found uh, another guy who had the restaurant with him, Richard Melman went on to found lettuce spelled L-E-T-T-U-C, Entertain You Inter- Enterprises, an industry empire of 100-plus restaurants. I love that name. salad bars. I love that name. Let us I love it, too. Yeah. I love a pun. 
and I motherfucking, I can't begin to tell you how much I love and miss a salad bar for years. When I had Brucey and I was like, oh, I'll open more restaurants. I was like, if I ever open another restaurant, I want it to be a steak place that has like a salad bar. Why don't we have salad bars in the restaurant anymore? Is it because of COVID or they already gone? They were gone well before COVID. Like in mainstream kind of America. Sure. I'm sure you could go to like, I don't actually shouldn't say mainstream in our non-mainstream America in New York city. Like, you know, you don't, you see salad bars at like delis and stuff. At the deli, like, yeah. Um, you know, there's some good ones in like Midtown. Some like deli salad bars. Yes, yeah, definitely. But like the salad bar, the ubiquitous kind of like any steak restaurant you walked yeah. into had a salad bar. Like I haven't seen, that hasn't been popular since like the nineties. No, but there is still like a buffet here called Golden Corral where you can get a salad bar experience. Yeah, totally. But and now like, I want to go there. I just want to go to like a buffet is chill too. I used to also love all kinds of buffets. We used to go to this place, Charlie's Crab in Florida that had a great buffet. Ooh. I love a buffet. I love a salad bar. I love it. I love having it my way. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just, uh, the simple, simple salad bar that was just at a steak restaurant that you could just make like that perfect salad. Cause I personally like to mix blue cheese and French dressing together. Yeah. I, and you can't do that unless you have a salad bar or you're in the privacy of your own home. Yeah, it's criminal nowadays. If someone it if is. you ask it's the restaurateur to do that for you, they would kick you out immediately. But that is the best way to enjoy a salad with blue cheese and French dressing on it, just so we can be clear. Well, I like um, to put ranch dressing on my cottage cheese. I'm just having a recovered memory of this when I was oh, working wow. at the Pizza Hut. Because I would have like my salad in like one plate and I would put cottage cheese next to the salad so the ranch dressing mm-hmm. would get on it. And it was really tasty. Yeah. That, I mean, it sounds great. That's how I feel about a tuna melt. I put like ketchup on the plate. So like, whoopsie do ketchup got on my tuna melt. Cause I feel like it's too disgusting to make people watch you eat a tuna melt dipped in ketchup. Yeah. I'm but it is so good. Well, I guess I'll try one someday. I just found a new diner near me. That, well, it's not new. It's new to me. I'm going to try out Keystone Diner. Everyone call it if I should not go there. What do you get? What's your diner go to? I do like a tuna melt. Um, I also like classic like eggs, toast and make a little and like hash browns make a little yeah, and I put nice. the hash browns and the eggs on the toast for the perfect bite yeah that's good I like um tuna melts or like I'll go either tuna melts or BLT once in a while an omelet like I haven't had this in years but an omelet with like American cheese oh I love an American cheese omelet I used to get that at oh Denny's all the time Ooh, so good I also um, like okay. a club oh yeah club that's another great diner order extra crispy fries and like mm-hmm. a turkey club yeah mm-hmm those are the best, best by far diner orders. Um, Florence Fabrican for the New York Times in the year 19, what did I say, 1998? Sure. 1994. Says, the salad bar has bent the meaning of salad entirely out of shape. If you believe what you see displayed on the typical salad bar, items like lasagna, <laughs> barbecued chicken, sushi, mashed potatoes, hummus, and chunks of watermelon now qualify a salad. So well, she I was at the buffet. More. She was at the buffet, not the salad bar. She needs That's to exactly be at, right. Yeah. She doesn't know what a salad bar is, just like Wikipedia. Yeah. Mashed She's potatoes? What's happening? Yeah. That's a hot or food. That's the other favorite salad dressing other than blue cheese and uh, ranch. Yes. I mean, mashed I would, potatoes. I would, I would eat that. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> Vichyssois. Okay. <laughs> Now, according to foodservicenews.net, the most reputable source on the internet, uh-huh. true confession, says the author, 
of this article. I get a little thrill every time I see a well-appointed salad bar. Me too. Me too. Um, me three. Too many, too many, they say, seem boring and ordinary. I can't blame them. They're found in the corporate cafeteria, the school lunchroom, and the grocery store. It's easy to get in a rut, serving yourself the same pile of bland lettuce drowned in ranch, ranch dressing. But to me, the hot cold bar filled with a variety of raw prepared ingredients is an invitation to create a one-of-a-kind meal. The days of chopped iceberg and tasteless cherry tomatoes are gone. Now you can get a fresh baby greens, real Parmesan cheese, and aged balsamic vinegar. Well, that was a big thing. Um, they love it. Aged balsamic. With fresh Parmesan. What could go wrong? Um, but what <laughs> high school had a fucking salad bar in it, and I want to go back in time and attend that high school. I know. Um Okay, so then I started looking up these this phenomenon known as like the massive salad bar tower that people would build in China. And it basically like made it, they stopped having salad bars at Pizza Hut in China because people were doing this. You, I'll put a thing on our Instagram and I'll, I'll send you a thing or you can look at it right now. But like people in China had this, there was like a whole thing going around of how uh, and it was like an internet sensation of how you can build like them because they'd only let you go up once. Okay. And like give you one plate. Oh my so God. People, are you looking at it? That's insane. <laughs> people would build these insane towers. So basically they could get away with like pounds and pounds and pounds of food. But like, because it was just stacked up like perfectly in like a tower shape. I cannot believe this. I know, but these freaks ruined it for everyone. Cause now there's no more salad bars in China. But the Hut. skill that it takes to make these towers is incredible. I mean, yeah. It's incredible. It's yeah. incredible. I yeah. technically they only used one plate and went up one time, so there's nothing they could do. I love it. I love the I innovation love of the human race. I know, me too. So then I looked up, of course, salad bar crimes. And um, in 2015, according to PIX11 in Portland, Oregon, quote, a woman in Oregon was arrested after police say she used her hands at the salad bar huh? and spit at a police officer. A cab. Good for you, comrade. She used her um, hands at the salad bar. That's not right, but... I do respect the spitting. Yeah, for uh, sure. Ac- according to, just don't spit on the salad. That's all we ask. I didn't know that you could go to jail for not using the salad tongs at the salad I bar. know. Well, I think that they like probably called the police on her, which is just such a reasonable thing to do for someone using their hands at a salad bar. Mm-hmm. And uh, then the police came and she was like, fuck you, copper. And then she spit in their face. So then I think that may be why she was arrested. Well, I hope that she also threw like French dressing at them. Me too. Or like creamy Italian, which is, yeah. well, actually, I was going to say it's the worst dressing, but it isn't really. All dressing is pretty good, actually. No, I think creamy Italian is fine, but I, they should do regular Italian because that'd be hard to get out of the uniform with the greasy That's oil. True. The yeah. grease, the oil would <clears throat> never yeah. come out. Um, according to OregonLive.com, police responded to um, a Mexican restaurant on Sunday because, I don't want to say her name, a woman, age 49, was repeatedly using her hands to get food from the salad bar. When an employee asked Waltman to stop touching the food with her hands, she threw the tongs, police say, allegedly. Uh, the utensils hit an employee in her neck. After she was arrested for aggravated assault, she spit in the P- Portland officer's face. Again. <laughs> Kudos to you, madame. I okay. hope that you got a fistful of salad but in your But the mouth. real issue here is there is a Mexican restaurant somewhere that has a salad bar, and we have to go there. That's exactly right. I would love to. Now, this is from my, my own, well, not hometown, but near to where I live in Long Island, New York. Um, okay, drunk man eats stolen bananas and falls asleep on salad bar floor, Suffolk County police say. 
Uh, this happened in 2016. The bumbling burglar who broke into a Long Island salad bar, ate several bananas and prepackaged snacks, urinated in the trash can, and fell asleep on the store floor. He will not face charges. Police said that a man who broke into the sexy salad in Hopog, New York, uh, it's pronounced technically Hopog, but we say if you're from Long Island, you say Hopog, on Saturday, paid restitution to the store's owners and not face charges. Authorities said the suspect left his driver's license and watch at the scene oh after God. waking up later that morning. Wowie. And that's all I know about salad bars. That is, I, well, I love that they didn't press charges and they just, he had to like pay them back the bananas that he ate. That's nice, actually. It so, is nice. That makes sense. That makes sense. Sexy salad. Good for you. And um, yeah, that's pretty much all I've got on salad bars. Now I am curious. I'd like to do a top three favorite salads, but I do want to know, let's say you're like scurrying up to a salad bar. You can't believe you've seen one. You're so excited. Mm -hmm. What does your salad bar plate look like? Well, I've basically already described it, but it's going to have my iceberg lettuces, my peas, we got cottage cheese, croutons, shredded cheese, um, maybe some cucumbers. Mm-hmm. but not always and then a ton mm-hmm. of ranch dressing that's nice that's perfect salad i would eat that salad in a heartbeat yeah M- mine's gonna be very similar um shredded lettuce shredded which, uh, sh- like iceberg which i'm hoping has some kind of like carrot shred in it too. Mm, yeah if it doesn't i'm gonna put carrot shreds on there now for years i said what is a carrot doing in a salad and oftentimes i feel that way because i think like People just put a big chunk of carrot in a sat in like a salad where like it's too big, like the shape doesn't fit. But mm-hmm. carrot and salad is very nice. And yeah, I, shredded and I is love perfect. It. Yeah, perfect. Um, also, shredded cheese, bacon bits. Oh yeah. Um, olives that you can stick onto your fingers. Cherry tomatoes, cucumbers. Um, if there's like a pickly thing, maybe like a pepperoncini. Mm, yeah. And then. Um, Ran, uh, either ranch and French or blue cheese and French. That's a nice... And, cru- and croutons. That's a French, nice combo. No cottage I cheese? Know. No, I don't fuck with cottage cheese. I never even tried it until like uh, maybe uh, six months ago. Oh, right. I forgot. Famously. Cottage yeah, cheese. Yeah, famously against Denier. Yeah, I'm a cottage cheese denier. Um, but yeah, that's like my go-to. Very simple, please. And oh, of course, obviously, um, blazing hot split pea soup. Yes. <laughs> to, to finish it off. To tie it all together. <laughs> It really ties the room together. I like um, to and put I, like, a nice tomato basil on mine. <laughs> I like a baked potato soup just mm, like to finish it yes, off. Delightful. <laughs> Lobster bisque. Okay. What are your top three favorite salads? Well, I like a Caesar salad. Oh, delicious. I love a niçois. Ah, very good. Um... And I do like like a taco salad, man. It's good stuff. That's a nice salad right there. Yeah. Um, okay, I love a Greek salad. Oh, yeah. That's and good these too. are in no particular order because I love salads very much. So, And there's many more salads than this that I like. Don't worry, other salads. I haven't forgotten you. <laughs> I love, love, love a Greek salad. Um, I love a wedge salad. Oh, yeah. That's good, too. Oof, love a wedge salad. Um, but it's got to be a good wedge. Don't come at me with not enough dressing. So I have like this dry iceberg to get through on its own. Yeah. Um, don't, please, please don't come at me at all. In general, don't come at me. I'm nice. I don't want to, I don't want you to come at me and I don't want to come at you. Um, but with any kind of like 
I don't know, soggy bacon. The bacon must be crunchy. It's yeah. very important. Yeah, the soggy the bacon ruins it all. Yeah, and please, as the name suggests, leave it in a wedge. I've seen these wedges that come out all chopped up. That's not a wedge. No. That's a chopped up salad with blue cheese, which is nice, but it's not a wedge. Yeah. Don't take away the fun of the wedge, but just cutting through the big wedge. And eating it with um, your hands. Exactly, eating it with your hands. Um, and then I'd have to say my number one salad, and this is very specific. I do love like an Asian chicken salad of mm. any kind, Yeah, like from any chain restaurant, like historically throughout time. Or if I was like to make one at home, although honestly, I really don't ever feel like I can make one as good as you can get at like a Friday's or like a Bennigan's or something. Right. But the best one, 100% that I've ever had in my life can be found, uh, at Houston's or yeah. like also known as Hillstone. Um, and they make the most delicious, like Asian chicken salad. They have like a delicious, like peanutty dressing. And then there's like a sweet soy dressing and like tender, thin slices of, um, chicken. And then as everybody knows, tortilla strips, which totally fit in a Asian chicken salad. Yeah. No, it's just, they say tortilla strips and they are tortilla strips. Like, you get what we pay for it, but they're so, it's so good. The whole thing goes so well together. Oh my God. That's I my like, that. number one. It's so, we should go to like, when you come to New York, we should skip all the like trendy new restaurant, dumb restaurants and just go to Hillstone and get like martinis and like, spinach artichoke dip and uh an asian chicken salad and french fries um yeah but i do have to have a dirty shirley when i go what do you think of the whole dirty shirley dumb or you're you're into it i'm not into it it's a crime against humanity okay good i'm glad because i didn't want to shame you on the air but i agree with you it should be illegal and also everyone's freaking out about caviar bumps like that wasn't already a thing yeah, I just, like, really resent the, like, young richness of the city. The apartment across the street from mine just is renting for $17,000. And, like, I just um, really feel offended <laughs> by all of this. By, like, $18 Shirley Temples and <laughs> caviar bumps and $17,000 apartments. Relax. This is, like, what is going on here? You know what I mean? Yeah. It's getting out of control. And out I of control. That's why I moved to beautiful, sunny Indianapolis. <laughs> well, I'm about to just be right behind you. So <laughs> literally, I'm behind you. Oh, seems like you're in front I'm of me. Behi- I'm directly behind you. I remember when um, I was working in Italy a couple of years ago and the guys in the kitchen, like, I was like behind you and they like made such fun of me. They're like, oh, behind you, behind you. And I was like, and then I would just watch them like smash into each other <laughs> <laughs> over and over again. I'm like, oh, look who's laughing now. You've got burned with blazing hot marinara sauce. You idiots who work in Italy. Yeah, and my trip to Italy when I went a couple years ago and stayed for a month. I love it there. <laughs> the radicchio. It's it's ridiculous. You could just spend all day there. I'm like Tom Hanks in that movie, The Terminal, except in Italy. Yeah, or that movie where they're stuck in the like the departments are mannequin. Mannequin with Kim Cattrall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's me. That's I you. should make. I should write a movie about that. That's funny, actually, huh? Yeah. Trademark that. Um, okay. Well, hey, it was great to be back with you. Back. And in, in, in front of each other's faces. Oh, I miss you so much. This well, has been great, folks. Thanks for letting us have a vacation and some time off. And uh, psyched to be back. It's going to be <laughs> sick, bruh. <laughs> We're going to be doing caviar bumps and chasing with fucking grenadine all summer long. Mm, right yum. here on Life's a Banquet. <laughs> Asa La Pasta. Bye. Bye. 
This show is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.